0: Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things movie and nostalgia podcasts, check out cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me.
1: Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we revisit pop culture from our childhood to see if it's as good all grown up. I'm Jordan Polen-Clark, and with me is my co-host, Kara Gale-Oregan. What up? And today, it's just the two of us. We're doing a very special episode that we are calling Wistful Thinking Takes a Dump. <laughs> you can thank Kara for that name. <laughs> um, but basically, for... For a few different reasons, there are three movies that we've watched uh, that we haven't done on the podcast, and so we're taking this episode to just dump them out and get them out of our brain, because <laughs> they've been sitting around for too long.
0: Yeah, we had two cancellations, and then for the third movie, Jordan's computer decided to cancel for life. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it canceled itself for life, and we couldn't record that day, and we just haven't had an opportunity to do that one until now. So, the three movies are Bridget Jones' Diary, Empire (laughs) Records, yeah, that's how I feel about Bridget Jones' Diary, hardcore, Uh, and Empire Records, and Death Becomes Her, um... That is the order that we watch them in, and that is the order that we will talk about them in. And I have no notes about any of them, because they were all on my dead computer.
0: Um, so. I do have some notes. Uh, most of them are nonsense, but I think between the two of us, we can, we can pull it together.
1: That's cool. I'm actually curious, like if I can help you make sense of your nonsense notes. Because, like, like, I feel like basically we both hated Bridget Jones so much that we immediately forgot anything about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what the plot of it is.
0: (laughs) I don't... Well, apparently, like Clueless, um, maybe Clueless is an adaptation of something else. Yeah, I think... Never mind. Uh, It's an adaptation (laughs) of... Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, starring Renee Zellweger as the titular character Bridget Jones, uh, Hugh Grant as her pervy media industry boss, and Colin Firth as her true love or whatever. Um, it's terrible. It's not good. You want to know who uh, distributed it in the United States? Who? None other than Miramax, headed by Harvey oh, Weinstein. Oh, Surprise. Yeah.
1: Although that's probably true for at least one of the other movies. I checked and it is really? not the case. Yeah. I was actually oh, cool. a little surprised.
0: Okay. Um I'm okay. sure that the people who work for the distribution companies for the other movies are also terrible. Uh, but they're not Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> so they have that going for
1: them. Because at this point we can just assume that most people are terrible. Is that what I we're mean, doing?
0: Your words not mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, Bridget Jones is not good. uh She's British. It's based on a on a book, which then became a book series by an author whose name is something. Let's Helen Fielding. Her name's Bridget Jones. Her name is it's it's a diary <laughs> written by a woman named Bridget Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a true out, life diary. Uh, it came out in 2001. A, tr- a truly pre-9-11 film, I feel. Um, and I, I don't have anything to, like, demonstrate why that is. But just the whole vibe of it is very pre-9-11. Um, what else do I have here? Some actresses that were considered for the role of Bridget Jones were Helena Bonham. <laughs> How Helena Bottom Carter. Kate Blanchett. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. Uh Amelie. I it would have been a different movie if she was in it. Totally. Which one? Helena Bottom Carter or Kate Blanchett? Yeah. Both. I well, think. Well, I guess
1: both. Yeah, I
0: mean. Cameron Diaz, uh Tony Colette, uh, and Kate who uh, who is too young. Oh,
1: I feel like Tony Collette would've been a lot more like believable as mm-hmm. a human
0: being. Yeah, she would have been good. She's always good. Um, <clears throat>
1: Wait, did we say who actually played Bridget Jones yet?
0: Oh, it was Renee Zellweger. Yeah, I think I said Renee that. It was Renee Zellweger. Who is in two of these movies that we're going to be talking about today.
1: Oh man, she is. I didn't even put that together. I didn't
0: either until this very moment. Um,
1: <laughs> well, she's... Uh, she plays this like hmm. character
0: who's like in her early 30s and she's all like sad and allegedly fat even though she's just Renee Zellweger. <laughs> even though she's not fat
1: at all at it's all. like one of those things where she's like barely a normal human and everyone's telling her that she's fat.
0: And she's telling herself that she's fat. She writes down in her diary that she's like 136 pounds oh, and wants yeah. to lose 20 of them which is ridiculous. God,
1: Anyway, and her mom is really mean to her, right? Like, Everyone's her mean to like, everyone in this. I movie. mean, everybody it's true everybody's mean to her. Like everybody thinks she's horrible, and she's really not. No, she's fine.
0: I mean, she she's terrible, but not like in relation no. to the other characters, she's like appropriately terrible.
1: Yeah, I mean everybody's terrible. Yeah. And she's just like a lady who's regular sized,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and which I'm sure Renee Zellweger had to work hard to be regular sized.
0: Yeah, I know she did. She did put on a, a quote unquote considerable amount of weight for the film, which is and she. Nonsense. But she has
1: like a career that's not like amazing, but she's got a job. She's got an apartment mm-hmm. that, and but like, she's I guess single. They make a thing. Yeah, she's single and apparently has bad luck with men, but I feel feel like they try to make a thing of it like that she drinks
0: too much. Well, I think she's just kind of like on this constant uh, self-improvement kick and she drinks and she smokes and she eats and like all of those things are things that we're, I guess, not supposed to do. Uh, So she self-flagellates for doing those things. I don't know. It's not a great movie. Uh, One of her friends is Gaius Baltar from Battlestar Galactica, though, so that was cool. I enjoyed seeing him (laughs) in a non-space role. I don't even remember picking up on that when I watched this. I've seen Battlestar Galactica a considerable amount of times, though, so... It's, uh... I've
1: seen it once, that's enough to know who he is <laughs> He's in like every episode
0: Yeah, well he's not in this movie <laughs> a ton Like it's just the scenes where she's with her friends Which only happens like two or three times um, Other things that I wrote down Inappropriate office behavior slash attire And uh, a time before spanks yeah, exclamation point
1: She like, she like dresses slutty to work Is that, does that happen? Kinda, yeah and then, like, but it works, like, her boss, like, notices her because she dresses slutty to go
0: to work. Yeah. And her boss is Hugh Grant, and he's terrible. And he's the worst. He, I wrote down, oh, wow, look, another pervy media boss. But she's, like, so into it. I know, it's terrible.
1: And then what's the deal with the other guy? They just, like, keep, with comfort, they just, like, keep running into each other. Yeah. And And he's he's like, oh, you're the worst. He's like, oh, you're the worst. But then they fall in love. (laughs) Is that what
0: happens? But then they're like, oh, but you're the worst. And then they fall in love. I don't know. It's pretty boring. Um, At what point she eats dry muesli out of the box with a spoon, which is probably the most relatable part of the movie. Uh... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I, oh only- my God! There's that awful scene where she's like on location. She's like a TV host or a reporter or something. She's on location oh. at a firehouse, and they and she like they goes and make her
1: slide down the pole. Yeah, and then they get
0: like a terrible upskirt shot of her, and then just like play it repeatedly. <laughs> it's really upsetting. Yeah,
1: she's just and treated that's like, terribly. And she like she like quit her job, but triumphantly, right? Yeah. But but so that she could, like, have this new career. Oh, job! Gotcha. And then, yeah. like, in one day, she becomes an on-air reporter. Yeah, yeah, right? But, but and then this thing happens to her where there's just, like, an upskirt shot of her sliding down a pole. Yeah. Oh, um, that is sad. Yeah. Um, I just remember, until we just started talking about it, the only part that I could remember was that at the end of the movie, there's, like... She runs outside to catch Colin first in the snow. In the snow, without pants on. Yeah, like she was just you know. Why did that happen? Was she just like so overcome with feelings that she just like got flustered and ran outside without pants on? I guess so.
0: I don't know. It was some sort of emergency situation that she was like chasing after him and didn't have (laughs) pants on. I didn't think to put them on before running out the door, which again, for me, is very relatable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> it would never be a problem in my life, especially not in the winter. No, definitely especially not, not in the when winter. it was snowing. No. I don't know. I feel like the only reason this movie is watchable at all is because like. Like Renee Zellweger is pretty likable. Mm-hmm. Colin Firth is pretty likable. So is Hugh Grant. Like, mm. it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, you're doing your best with bad material. I don't mind watching you, but
0: also this sucks. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of a series. There's, I think, three movies. And then the next one, I think she has. Now, I haven't watched next one in a long time and i've never seen the third one but i think in the second movie she has like more agency whereas in this one she's just like floundering around and it's just like i'm single and i'm sad um and it's just really obnoxious and in the second one she's like on vacation in thailand although she still has sex with hugh grant's character again which is like inexcusable yeah Um, but then there's this like fun broken down palace scenario and she like winds up in a Thai jail. Uh, it's, it's fun. It's a real romp. Um, you keep,
1: we've had this conversation before. you have described that part as fun before.
0: (laughs) Well, because they don't take it very seriously. She's like in the jail, uh, and she takes off her bra and like the other women are like, Oh my goodness, look at this bra. I don't know. I remember it fondly, but like I said, I haven't seen it in many years.
1: Well, and then there's that's a third bad. one where she has a baby, right? Yeah.
0: I don't need that Which, in my like, life. Which, like, nobody...
1: Like, it was, like, universally agreed on that, like, nobody likes that
0: one, right? Oh, I don't know about that, but I just um. know that I don't need that in my life. Like, the last thing this I need does is... she has Who knows? Who knows? It could be either of those two. that's what the two. movie's about. she doesn't know. Yeah. You know what? You're probably right. <laughs> Well, that's all I have to say about bridget jones
1: i i'm I'm sad that I don't have my notes because i, I my instinct about myself is that I probably tried to find at least like one good thing about it mm-hmm. while I wrote all my other hate notes, and I can
0: no longer remember what any of those things were. She does at some point when meeting a man named Mr. Fitzherbert either thinks to herself or actually says out loud, "Mr. Titzherbert is more like it." tits Herbert (laughs) or maybe somebody (laughs) says that to her I don't know somebody says that at some point and I wrote it down and I'm not sure if I wrote it down because I was offended or because I thought it was funny it could go either way
1: do you have any other notes that you're like uh what
0: um she watches (laughs) Frasier okay uh msn messenger slash email question mark I don't know why I wrote that down. I guess she was, like, on MSN Messenger, which used to be a thing. It did. Oh, and one of her uh, friends is named Perpetua, which is such a wonderfully British name. That's a cool name. Yeah. But that's all I have.
1: Right, cool. I got nothing. It's the fastest movie we've ever done. Aren't you glad? I mean, at this point, I'm like pretty glad that we didn't have to do a whole episode on oh, that. Me too. Although, a guest chose that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry, guest, that we just shadow all over your movie.
0: Well, she said that she hadn't seen it in a long time, and I... Well, the reason that she picked that one, I like explained to her the premise of the podcast. And she was like, Oh, I would love to watch Bridget Jones's Diary. I haven't seen that in a long time. And I remember loving that movie. And I was like, Oh, yeah, sure. And then she said something to the effect that like she found it empowering. And I was like, mm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say after you watch this as an adult. <laughs> but yeah, sadly, I, that she was been not able to join us. Yeah. Because it's not. Anywhere near, you're even like yeah, empowering no, adjacent. No. I I at least do not find it to no. be that way. I think some people find know. it relatable, and maybe that's why they like it. But even even still, that's like not the kind of. Ugh, I just did not like this movie at all. No, me neither.
1: Well, on to the next one then. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next movie that we watched and then never did, was Empire Records, um, which came out in 1995. Um, It stars a bunch of people who got famous after it came out, (laughs) Uh, although not from the movie. It wasn't a particularly successful movie when it came out. It kind of got like a cult following after the fact in the few years afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, But it stars, let's see how many I can remember, Uh, Liv Tyler, Mm -hmm. who apparently was a very big deal on set. Um, and Renee Zellweger, uh, Debbie Mazers in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Rory, what's his name is it? What's his last name? Oh, I don't know.
0: Uh, he played Lucas. Hang on. Uh, Lucas Rory Cochran
1: Yeah, who isn't in a ton, but he was in Days to Confuse. He was oh, on yeah. one of the CSIs, I think Miami.
0: Um, oh, he did not age well.
1: And who else? Uh,
0: what's the what's Deb's name? She was in the craft. Oh yeah, uh, Robin uh, Tunney Robin Tunney? hmm. She's great in Nicolas Cage's most recent film.
1: Oh really? Mm hmm.
0: Oh neat. Um,
1: glad she's still working. I like her. Um, who did I miss? Mm, I think that
0: might be. People Plus, that oh,
1: Ethan Embry, who had like a pretty good few years in there,
0: because
1: uh, he oh, did this him. and then he did. Oh, he's he on did Grace and, this and then he did now. Can't
0: hardly wait. Yeah. Oh, he is. I think so. Is that him? Uh, that I might. Yeah, yeah. He plays um, one of their sons. He's great on that oh, show. Oh, cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's. I like him a lot, and I. He was great in Can't Hardly Wait too. Um. So Empire Records is the story of. The, uh, it's a snapshot of one day in a uh, record store, which just shows you how dated it is, because that's not a thing anymore. Um,
0: it was almost uh, not a thing even when they made and, this movie, because the whole like the whole tension in the movie, like the main conflict, is that like the owner of the store wants to sell it. So that they can turn it into something well, else
1: But he wanted to sell it to like a big corporate record oh, store right, right, right. So I think, I think that was more probably what was happening at that time Is that like independent music mm-hmm. stores were dying Because they were being bought up um, Yeah so one of the employees finds out that the store is going to be sold He steals a bunch of money Tries to gamble to earn enough money to buy the store back He loses all the money uh, and that happens on the same day that a bunch of other shit happens. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's basically just like a record store where a bunch of different kinds of cool teenagers work. And so it's like basically just what happens in their lives throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. like drug abuse, there's suicide. But there's, there's... also a,
0: uh, like a, a special in-store appearance by a pop star. Yes. There's an an attempted loss of virginity. Yes. You know, all Um, the classics.
1: Right. So this was, I would say, my favorite movie when I was 12. Interesting. I watched it all the time. Like, I quoted it with my best friend. We just thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever. And the soundtrack is great. That's the one part. So... So, oh, I had a weird experience re-watching it. Um, on Amazon, apparently, there is a regular cut and a director's cut. Oh, yeah. We watched two different versions. We did. So, I, I ended up... That. So, obviously, when I was younger, the one that I watched was the regular one. So, I ended up, without <laughs> knowing it, um, watching the director's cut, which had... All This extra stuff in it So it had all these scenes in it that I had never seen before And so it allowed me to watch The movie, truly, parts of it For the first time Um, Which was really strange And watching it that way It doesn't hold up, it's not a good movie It wasn't great watching it the regular
0: way Either, I'm gonna
1: Well see, I think I would have felt differently watching it the regular way Because it's like the kind of movie that I could just Tell you, like, every word To Mm -hmm. Um but like seeing new parts of it, like really took me out of it.
0: Yeah, because it's like there are definitely. I think the extended cut or whatever has like it's not just one day. It actually covers like two days or no, something. It's
1: no, it's still it's still only one day. But there's like some
0: plot points that oh, okay. yeah. got cut out. Uh, they removed um, three significant characters and up to forty minutes. But that, but stories. that wasn't
1: in the director's cut. Like, oh, okay. like it's, it's like I feel like it's like a famous fact about this movie that Tobey Maguire was in it, uh-huh. but he got completely cut out of it. He wasn't in the director's cut. He was still completely cut out of it. Like, there's probably maybe one shot or something where you can see him in the background if yeah. like you're looking real hard or something. But he wasn't in it. Interesting.
0: Um, I had definitely seen this before, but not nearly like it was omnipresent in my teenage, like life, but more so like just my friends all had the soundtrack in their car. And so like, (laughs) I definitely... I thought I knew this movie much better than I did. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that like, I had maybe only seen it once or twice, or maybe only caught it like a few times on TV. Um, but what I really remembered was the soundtrack. And Variety yeah, actually I mean, called the movie... Hang on, I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, a soundtrack in search of a movie. Which kind of seems true. I
1: don't think it's that bad. But okay. I can see why somebody would say that.
0: TV Guide said... Uh, it was an elaborate excuse to package and peddle a soundtrack.
1: You know what makes me crazy? It's always made me crazy, because, like, I've also owned the soundtrack since mm-hmm. I was, like, 12. None of the good songs are on the
0: soundtrack. Yeah, that actually <laughs> I mean, is a, cu- a
1: couple of them are. um, But, like, now that, like, Spotify is a thing, you can just go on Spotify and people have made playlists of every song that's in the movie. Yeah. And, like, that's so much more satisfying.
0: Like, after I watched this, I listened to that up. Bunch. Hmm. Even the song "Sugar High," which is like at the climax of the movie when they're playing on the roof, um, the one that appears in the movie differs significantly from the one included on the soundtrack. Man, the, yeah, main the difference... one on the soundtrack is shitty,
1: and the one in the movie is good because it has like Renee Zellweger singing on it. The one on the soundtrack is like filthy, Ooh. like it's a it's like a dirty song. <laughs> Um, but they cleaned it up for the movie. It's a PG thirteen movie, I assume, um, so it wasn't like as sexual, mm-hmm. um, and it's a better song. <laughs> I've I've been I've
0: also been pissed off about that for eighteen years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's plenty to get mad about in this movie. There's like a lot of dynamics between the characters um, that are. Problematic at best. Why? What, what? Give me an example. Oh gosh, um, I can't right now because my head hurts. <laughs> and I watched this movie several months ago. Um, I don't know. There's just like, the whole Rex Manning situation is like very uncomfortable. <laughs> Because he's, like, a grown-ass man. He, like, had been a teen heartthrob, I guess, and now he's, like, making a yeah. comeback as, like, a grown-ass man. But he's, like, this supposed to be a sex symbol, even though he's just kind of gross. Um, well, although, like, all middle-aged women still think of him as
1: a sex symbol... Yeah. And then one one of the younger so the and the live Tyler character is like obsessed with him cuz right. it sounds like she like grew up watching him. It sounds like he was on a TV show. Right. And so she grew up watching him and was obsessed with him and like decided that she was going to lose her virginity to him.
0: Mhm. Yeah. So Which that's like
1: oh man, that icky. scene. What okay, in in that so then she does like try to have sex with him. But He like whips out his dick And then she freaks out Mm -hmm. Kara what did he say Do you remember what he said (laughs) I have no idea Cause in the the director's cut He like said I I don't remember either but in the director's cut He said something that was like so much More disturbing than the version That I knew and I was like ew 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 ew, No 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 no
0: (laughs) I can only imagine because I had That reaction with the regular cut of just being like, how dare you? It's how worse. dare you? It's, it's worse. Ugh. Liv Tyler in this though, smoking hot, like unbelievably yeah. otherworldly. Oh, yeah. she's always otherworldly beautiful, but just wow. Um, and
1: she has on an outfit that's like channeling Share from Clueless. Yeah. Yeah. What movie? What year did this one come out? This '95 was the same year. Oh, Okay. Mm. Yeah, it was the same year. Yeah. Um, there are so many parts of this, though, that are still, like, so quotable to me. Like what? Like, like the whole speech that Mark gives about Rex Manning Day. He's like, no, we mustn't dwell. Not today. Not on Rex Manning Day! <laughs> um and then, let's see, what else? And Lucas is like, and everyone's like, Lucas, what's with you today? And he's like, what's with today, today? And he's like, kind of the worst, but like, I don't know. There were just so many things that felt felt really quotable and cool when I was 12. Yeah. And
0: I'm not ready to let go of all of them yet. Um, in the version that you watched, that one, like, really hyper kid... Does he break the fourth wall? Because he does it in the version that I watched, but he seems to be the only. Is that what his name is? The guy who, the one who steals the Oh, no. I think the, um, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. This, This is the problem with having watched this so long ago. Is it I'm lucky if no, I if remember give me, it if, ten minutes ago. No, but if
1: you keep giving me clues, I can
0: tell you who it is. You just have to keep giving me clues. He's the one who's like trying to make out with everyone all the time. Uh, what? <laughs> <I don't laughs> Never know. mind, I can't help you. Lucas There's maybe? A Mark? Lucas.
1: Lucas Well who's Lucas trying to make out Wait, with? Wait, maybe Mark who's lucas so so mark is like the stoner kid who eats the brownie and then goes into the guar music video i don't remember that and then lucas is oh really that's like the best part i mean it's not the best part but and they went to a real guar show to shoot it nice
2: <laughs> um, okay
1: yeah and no mark lucas is the mark. one with
0: the turtleneck who steals the money no he's also and terrible. then has to sit on the couch all day yeah he's awful um his oh my god he has that terrible like Caesar haircut that was very big in the mid to late nineties thanks to uh, what's his name Ugh. what is his name the guy that was on ER and is like super handsome George Clooney that guy <laughs> that guy <laughs> uh I don't know he he this character like talks to the camera but he's the only person who does it and I I just I wrote down like who. Whose perspective, well, like, is that's... this movie from? Like, who is There's the camera? One... Why is he talking who to the camera? The Why is he kid? the only one talking to the camera? Is it the
1: part Is it the part where he comes down the stairs? It happens multiple times. He looks into the camera? Because that's the... When he's giving the Rex Manning speech, like, we mustn't dwell not on today, like, he's looking directly into the camera and coming down a set of stairs. Mm-hmm. And he gets, like, closer and closer to the camera as he finishes the monologue.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely happens again, like, a few times, where he just, like, turns to the camera and, like, speaks directly to it. So, it makes me think, like, (laughs) is this a, is the camera supposed to be a person? Like, I don't know. Mm, It doesn't matter. Don't
1: think about it too hard or anything. Yeah, no,
0: it's not worth it. Um, I do really like, so,
1: there's, um, there's Liv Tyler, who's kind of, like, an, like, she's kind of naive. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, like, a high school senior, obviously a virgin. Um, she, like, works really hard at school. She's trying to get into Harvard. Um, and then there's Renee Zellweger, who's, like, one of her best friends, but is very, very different from her. She's very, like, party girl, uh-huh. like, not as smart, um, whatever. And then there's Deb, who I think is meant to be a little bit older than both of them. Okay. And she's the one who tried to kill herself uh-huh. the day before this movie takes place. And sh- shaves um, her head
0: at work in yeah, the bathroom. She comes to work and shaves her head in the sink, which I love it. But even even better, like when she comes out, so, like somebody says, the artist guy says something to her about like, where'd your hair go? And she says it's still in the sink if you want to glue it to something, which honestly is <laughs> yeah. like the most generous thing in the world that you could say to an artist. So if ever you shave your head out there, folks <laughs> offer your hair to an artist friend. Um,
1: well, because he's sitting
0: there gluing quarters to the floor. Yeah. Also. <laughs> Their break room is and amazing. Then, I like that way. line
1: too later. I, I, whatever. It's not even a good line, <laughs> but later, later when they're holding Warren, um waiting for the cops to come because he stole cds Uh um he's like who glued these quarters down and aj's like i did and he's like what the hell for man he's like i don't have to explain my art to you i
0: (laughs) I like that part
1: he's good yeah Um, i I also really like the scene i it's a it's like basically a chase scene when he steals the cds and then lucas has to run after him uh uh-huh I like that scene. Yeah. But I can see that is kind of just like a music video because it's like set to a cool s- whatever. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is that I actually really like the friendship between Deb and Gina because um, you don't, you don't really get the impression that they. Like each other. Are super <laughs> close or that they like each other. They're kind of like frenemies, mm-hmm. but they are also like really good to each other yeah. and
0: like in some ways... They got each other's back. They do. And I like that. I like that, too. And I like the fact that not only could this movie so easily could have only had one girl character in it, you know?
1: It has many. And it has many, yeah. which is kind of... Yeah. yeah. It's okay. And they're not props. like they're, Right. They're, they're carrying most of the plot of the movie. Yeah.
0: And I forgot about this, but that scene with Lib Tyler and the diet pills, and she just explodes full blown teen girl rage, and I love yeah, I love seeing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and hers was very believable uh,
1: yeah, I feel like so I feel like like talking about it this way, like the movie definitely touches on some things that are. It's like, that it's nice, not nice, they're not nice things, but like good that they are portrayed in a movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Um, the execution isn't not great. great. Yeah. great. Um, yeah. Because they don't end up, like none of them end up being like super deep
0: characters. Yeah, but I mean, um, they, they can't be. There's too much going on in the movie. And there's too many of them. Yeah, way too many. <laughs>
1: there are a lot of them. The break room is really Uh, cool.
0: I said that before. I don't think you heard me.
1: I I really like the alien on the
0: door. I like the Devo lamp that they have. I wrote that down. Oh, I can't even think of it. It's like next to the couch and it's one of the the helmets from like the Devo music videos. But it's (laughs) been turned into a lamp. It's very cool.
1: And they have the leopard print couch that Lucas has to sit on.
0: I have never worked a job with a break room that cozy were cool
1: and their boss has a um like a closing blind on his door that just says work (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and i feel like like so like my best friend in high school worked in a record store Mm -hmm. um and i feel like that was
0: like still cool then like it was cool yeah i mean I would say depending on the record store because it's like a different situation if you're working at Fye or something like that. Oh, totally. Yeah. It it would it still is cool, you know, if you work in a record store. It's just like not a thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, it actually. I think it's more of a thing now than it was even five to ten years ago because like vinyl is making a comeback or whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I mean, I'd I still secretly want to work in a record store, but not really because I don't ever want to work in retail ever again
1: (laughs) i don't have a ton else to say about this well because i can't even defend my liking it you know (laughs) like i don't even want to stand up
0: for it it wasn't that good i i think we watched this like back to back with bridget jones and
1: no this was after bridget jones wasn't it
0: but I think like immediately following because I remember after watching empire records being like, I didn't love that. But like compared to Bridget Jones, it was great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if I can segue from one movie to the next uh, by talking about a completely different movie. Um, So Robin Tunney who plays like the goth chick in empire records was the lead character in The Craft, which I watched recently. and I also watched it recently. I'm curious to hear your thoughts about it.
1: I wasn't thinking that hard when I watched it. Mm-hmm. so That's fine. Just thinking back on it, um, I s- really liked it still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still, I, um, it... I mean it's i feel like it's a little bit trashy Mhm. um it's a better movie than empire records for sure easily um <laughs> by long time but you know as, a, as a, i and i would only lump them together because it's also like a movie from this it's a little later but a yeah. similar a similar time period about a group of people who are in high school mm-hmm. um, yeah so i feel like it can be lumped together that way
0: yeah
1: um I think it gets into some pretty crazy stuff about how girls treat each other.
0: Yeah, and, like, intense girl relationships. Yeah. Well... Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Well, the reason that I asked is because I, in recent months, have been... um, Every time I watch something, I'm like, this is pretty good for the ladies. I like to, you know, check out the cast and crew. And without fail, basically, uh, even the 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 movies that are like have strong female characters are still all like written, directed, and produced by men. Um, And so sometimes you
1: get like one where like the writer was a girl, right, or like the the director was, Um, but it's never like uh, you know, it's never a majority,
0: right. And in the case of the craft, it's zero, like. Entirely really? Yeah So here's this story About this Close-knit group Of Teen girls Written Directed And produced by men And It's The story Is about these Like intense relationships That they have And like the cattiness That can occur And like it, I So after watching that And then realizing that I It just got me thinking Of like What would this movie Be like If it wasn't Written Directed And produced by men um and I, I just huh. I think yeah. that the it would have been a lot more nuanced as far as those relationships between the characters go.
1: Yeah. And I wonder like so I'm thinking about the um storyline with um Ske Skeet Ulrich, is yeah. that who that is? Yeah. dude
0: so like who I used to love and then this time around was like, Oh my god, <laughs> what a fucking asshole. Which has oh, been yeah, he's my, my response for pretty but much like, all that recently. I feel like
1: they, like, you almost feel bad for him by the end. Yeah. Um, well. Because so, because she sets mm-hmm. the love spell on him and he, like, totally ruins his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he I, I becomes wonder a sympathetic if, character like how... by the end of the
0: movie. Yeah. yeah,
1: but so I wonder how a woman would have handled that Exactly. Because you are still siding with
0: the dude, mm-hmm. you know? Which brings us to our next movie, Death Becomes Her, um, where Bruce Willis plays the worst person and is still the hero of the story. <laughs> you know, and here's another, well, I... here's another movie where you have, you know, this situation between these two women who are catty, Who are going after each other and trying to ruin each other instead of like trying to ruin this asshole, who is clearly the worst. Does nothing for them. Nothing for them. And I feel like we
1: are supposed to and again before to him. Yeah, before Uh you even go
0: there, all written, directed, produced by men.
1: Of course, Robert Zemeckis, right? Mm -hmm. Um. I feel like we're supposed to relate to him because he's timid and that's supposed to mean something to us as the audience like he can't like like he can't stand up to these women who Who's are also horrible. women. Yeah, oh yeah, no, they're um, terrible
0: too, but like yeah. No. He he sucks. He's clearly terrible. <laughs> they I mean they all suck. They're all terrible. But, like, imagine this kind of story told by women. Yeah. It would be very, very different. Um, Because this, like, they do eventually wind up, like, teaming up against him towards the end of the movie, but, like... Well, and then he is done with
1: them, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, you do kind of end up... Because because he's the one... Okay, before we go there, remind me where we left off because I'm going to... For a second, just to say the plot. Okay. Um so Death Becomes Her is a movie about a it starts off we got Goldie Hawn She's kind of schlubby not looking real Goldie Hawn Well, she's um, in a fat suit. Uh no, that's not till later. Oh. She's not in oh. a fat suit in the beginning. Oh. Um, so she is married to this guy named Ernest, Bruce played Willis. by Bruce Willis, who is a
0: Plastic mortician? surgeon. Plastic surgeon. He starts <laughs> out a plastic surgeon, eventually becomes um, a reconstructive mortician.
1: Right. So in the beginning of the movie, they go to see a play starring Meryl Streep, who, who is,
0: is an old friend of hers. And is in and, like full-on triple threat mode. Like She's singing, oh, she's yeah. dancing, <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. looking amazing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and uh bruce Willis ends up leaving goldie for Merrill. they get married um goldie hahn becomes a shut-in who that and this is when she wears the fat suit right she just like her life ends when he leaves her um and then she oh shit i forget what happens <laughs>
0: Well, she – I mean, it's, this is a very problematic storyline. She, like, goes into a, an insane asylum and um, – Loses the weight. Loses the weight. Becomes hot. Becomes super hot. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and – And then uses her, her hotness a book.
1: to try to – Yeah, and then she writes a book, throws a big party, invites them both – invites Meryl and Bruce to the party – and they show up and she, you know, tries to basically get him back, but really just to hurt her friend, not mm-hmm. because she wants him back. And this apparently is sucks. like a
0: long standing feud between the two of them that like Meryl has stolen yeah. boyfriends from her in the past and so it's created this kind of like psychosis. Yeah, where like that's all she cares about.
1: Right. Is just hurting uh, Meryl Streep. Do they have names? What are their names? Bruce Willis is Ernest. Madeline is uh, Meryl,
0: and Helen and is Goldie. Helen. Okay. Two two American treasures who are done such a disservice in this movie.
1: But they are great together in they, this. I know that's they what's so upsetting so to me. They are so good.
0: This could have been unbelievable. Like this, this movie could have been so good i want to i want to reboot this movie recast them rewrite the script and just do it all over again i mean they both still look great they do i actually wrote down like meryl streep has been aging in hollywood for 25 years like because in this movie she's like trying to hang on to her youth and she's like on the yeah, cusp yeah i mean this of... is
1: a movie this movie is like 30 years old mm-hmm. not 30 years old 25 Twenty years old. Yeah. And uh, in that long ago it's about her trying not to age. Yeah.
0: Which is really a true testament to both of them. But, is but also there, a there's a, of how I wish I had my notes
1: is. because there's a lot of like spectacular deliveries of lines yeah. in this movie. <laughs> um they're incredible. They are <sighs> And the writing is I mean it's funny writing.
0: Yeah, it's 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 just I so I I loved this movie growing up. It was on cable like all the time. I feel like it was on Comedy Central or something. So I don't think I ever actually saw the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that was like weird to see the see it from the beginning this time. And also at the video store where we would uh rent all of our our movies, the poster for this was up for at least 10 years probably so it like loomed large in my life and even before (laughs) I turned it on I kind of like sat for a minute and thought like what do I remember about this movie and what I remembered is that the plot is about you know these two women who are fighting over this man and instead of being like fuck that guy they like go after each other and I was like "Mm, I have a feeling I'm not going to enjoy this as much as I did (laughs) and that was definitely true um but yeah no it's it's I, there's so much potential there. It actually won an Oscar for um, the special effects and the makeup because um, they use this, which were
1: really good for
0: oh yeah for when this it, was super innovative. Like,
1: they, they we didn't even get to half the plot yet. They Sorry. a potion. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: I know, I know, I know. There's just <laughs> so much. Um, they they both take a potion that makes it so that they can't die. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are warned both of them when they take it to take care of themselves. Um, but of course neither one of them does. And that's why they end up needing Ernest because he's a plastic surgeon and their bodies are trashed. So he needs to keep putting them back together because like both of them essentially die. Mm -hmm. Like Meryl Streep falls down the stairs. Her, she breaks her neck. She breaks her wrist. Um, and it, I feel like when I saw this as a kid, like that's what that that's the kind of thing that stood out to me. Like that's what I remembered yeah. about it. And then the other part where Goldie Hawn gets shot and there's just a huge hole in her stomach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, because they use this really innovative mix of like practical effects and like very still very new digital effects pioneered by Industrial Light and Magic, who also did, you know, Star Wars and Jurassic Park and all of all of every important movie um so yeah I I remember being kind of like transfixed by the effects in this and also I mean that's why uh his his character change from because I guess he has like a personal downward spiral and like loses his medical license and that's why he has to become this reconstructive mortician so he's putting corpses back together and like putting makeup on them so mm-hmm. that they'll look okay to um be viewed for like awake or whatever so uh he's like the old he's like has this extremely specific skill set that can help the both of them um which is why they keep him around
1: yeah well I know so here's what I was getting to before before I took the detour to say the plot is that Like, in the end, we're supposed to basically think that he's the good guy, Mm -hmm. because they want him to take the potion, so that he can live forever and keep taking care of them. Mm -hmm. And he refuses. He's like, this is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And then he... Does he die?
0: I don't He falls really
1: far, but he falls into a swimming pool. I don't think he actually dies. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, Oh, no, because then they go to his funeral at the end. Oh, yeah. So he he basically chooses to not take the potion and takes the high road and whatever. And like, so yeah, in the end, like we're supposed to be, be on his side. He's the one who ends up looking good and they look terrible.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they like shatter into a million pieces. <laughs> they literally fall down the stairs and shatter. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it is. It's so funny. There are so many like really great <laughs> things about this movie and so many really terrible things. Um, but the the person who gives them the potion is Isabella Rossellini, who also uh-huh. is smoking hot in this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh. I wrote down. I do not remember this being a medical drama, but okay. I was very excited. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it kind of is. Like, there's like a lot of like weird, gory, yeah, uh, medical stuff in this. That's really good. Um, I also wrote down, if I never see a woman get strangled on screen again, it will be too soon. uh, Because it happens multiple times in this movie. And it's something that I've seen so much of, especially recently. I don't know why. Or maybe I'm just noticing it more. And it was just like, I I snapped in that moment and was like, I never want to see this again. Like, ever, 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 ever.
1: I... I want to tell you about an experience that I had over this weekend. Oh, please do. We we do a big um, fundraiser circus show Mm -hmm. every year um, at the school where I work at, and this year we had um, a couple of really, 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 I mean, everybody on stage was amazing, but like very, very high-level partner acrobatics, um, a pair, uh, a man and a woman, and... It definitely is a problem in circus like it is in every other entertainment. Um, You know, the woman takes the woman role and the man takes the man role. And, you know, it happens often when you have a pair like that in partnering. It's, you know, some kind of love story and she's going after him and he's like, no. And she's it's just like, you know, the same drama in every Mm -hmm. act. And I... I didn't know what to expect from this act. I hadn't seen them do a full act before. Um, And they are amazing and beautiful and so talented. And I could not stand what they did on stage. (laughs) Could not stand it. I was physically uncomfortable. Um, And I don't know what... Like, it's totally possible that the like, how they see the act or what they see the act being about is totally different from how I read it. Mm -hmm. But in, like, the culture that we have today, I could not see it any other way. It looked to me like he was beating her. He did put his hands around her neck at one point. No thanks. There were parts where she put, like, she kind of gave it back to him. Mm -hmm. But it definitely was
0: not an equal power dynamic. And, And just to, to interject... Uh, people strangling each other back and forth. Still not okay. Well, <laughs> like, exactly. It's equal like, power like dynamic. unless you're into like it, and it's like a fully consensual thing. That's that's a different, though. It's a
1: different thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's generally not what you're looking at, <laughs> unless you sought it out on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, like, it's it's really interesting to be in a place where. Where I feel the same way, where I'm like, I never want to see this again. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't need to see a woman get abused. I don't need to see emotional abuse. Like,
0: yeah. I just, it's, like, are we past that? Can we be past that, please? No, not, not ever, it seems. And, well, I, I keep running up against this, like, frustration that, like, these are things that in real life are remarkably common. You know, whether it be domestic abuse or violence against women in any way. Um, These are things that are extremely common. So it makes sense that we would see them on screen. But we never see them on screen in a way, I feel, that says, like, A, this is not okay. (laughs) B, like, in a way, like, one of the, the reasons that people are so incredulous about the actual um, prevalence of rape and sexual assault and all of that kind of stuff is that we only see like a very specific type of sexual assault on screen. And that is actually not what the majority of sexual assaults look like, you know? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, uh people who have had that experience then discount their own experience because it doesn't look like what they think it's supposed to look like or it doesn't or it didn't play out the way that you know as far as we know rape is supposed to play out um and to that same token like people who are committing these acts don't view it as that because you know they think of rape as this very specific thing and it's a lot more complicated than that so it's just it's incredibly frustrating to me that we see so so much of this stuff on screen but just in the wrong way in the wrong context in the wrong tone because like the violence in this movie is is played for laughs basically um yeah and like and it is funny it's a hilarious movie it's a very dark comedy (laughs) dark comedy is you know my number one favorite thing in the world, but um, <laughs> I just never need to see a woman get strangled on screen again. If I could do that, that would be great. Because um, <laughs> I just I like was already having a hard time with the movie, and then um, it's this the scene where he and Meryl are like at the top of the sca- s- staircase, mm-hmm. like right before she falls down the stairs and breaks her neck, um, and he basically like has his hands around her neck and then pushes, lets go, and pushes her down the stairs. And it just, I was just like, okay. Like, any any hope that I had of, like, still loving this movie is just as broken as Meryl Streep's neck in this situation. Yeah. It's upsetting.
1: I, I do, I love the idea of, like, taking movies that have potential to be great like the craft and like this movie and then remaking them mm-hmm. with the same cast yeah. because like all of the women in all of these movies are great even bruce willis is great in this yeah he's he, pretty good he, you know um but then you know remaking them with a better a better lens a better yeah any lens
0: yeah um what how did you watch this one like what format uh, did you watch it in I think I
1: rented it on Amazon and watched it on my TV.
0: Okay, I did the same thing. Cause um, while I was watching it, like even in the first few minutes, I was like, "This seems like really like poor quality for a movie that came out when it did." And it turns out that its release on DVD, which has since been like um, ripped for digital release, uh, was actually a transfer from like the laser disc version
1: oh like there's a reason it looks shitty yeah yeah (laughs) that the the transfer
0: had come from the laser disc that was just like a really poor resolution (laughs) and that's why it looked so because it's like really grainy and blurry and and, like the colors look weird and like immediately I was like this something seems wrong (laughs) Uh, so people have called for a restorative release but I call for a a reboot. Just a redo? Yeah. Not redo. even a reboot, a redo. Do over. Bruce Willis's character is also the only person who seems to understand the paradox of immortality. Like he's the only one who's like, No, but if you live forever, like that's not actually a good thing. I just yeah. found that interesting that he's the only one who seems to understand that.
1: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we only do know four characters in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, but of the four characters, yes, I mean, and well, he's Isabel- only dude, and they're all women. Yeah, and Isabella Rossellini seems to like have some understanding of the, you know, potential consequences. But at least like the two people well, she- that have the desire to live forever like can't understand why that's not a great idea.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's also just a parody of Hollywood.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. But like, not a like great I feel thought. like that's that like though
1: that when when that really comes through, it doesn't bother me because they're making fun of the very thing that we're like,
0: ugh, gross. Yeah. I don't think it's that successful as like a satire though.
1: Not, not always. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. So yeah. I think it was this movie. It might have actually been something else, but this is applicable. Where I was just, I had to keep reminding myself through the whole thing that, like, this is a satire. This is a satire. This is a satire. Yeah. You know? So, it,
1: it definitely helps to do that.
0: But, like, if you have to do that, it's not great satire. You know? <laughs> no. It's like, true. it's not very successful if you have to keep reminding yourself that, like, you know, this is not for real. Um, and I don't even know if it was this movie or something else but it definitely applies to this movie.
1: Yeah. Well, it was
0: definitely the best one of all three that we've talked about today, though. Yeah. I think. I think so, too. It definitely has the most potential to be good. Uh, Apparently, Meryl Streep did not enjoy shooting this and she said that she never wanted to make another like technologically advanced movie again because it (laughs) involved like so much like weird standing around and like shooting things from different angles and um yeah she said my first my last my only it's so tedious Whatever concentration you can apply to that kind of comedy is just shredded. You stand there like a piece of machinery. They should get machinery to do it. I loved how it turned out, but it's not fun to act a lampstand. But also, obviously, if this was made today, it came out in, what, 1992? So if this was made today, it would be shot in a wildly different way. Yeah.
1: I think I'm glad it was made when it was, Mm because I think if they made it today, it would it would look a little bit more cartoony. Or it would look and... too real. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: true. Like, like I, I really like the in-between territory. state that it's in. Yeah.
1: Like, it still looks kind of, like, fake enough to be funny.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because it could be really grotesque. And it is, but only a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd be fine if it was really grotesque. I think it would be, st- well, it it would probably be a lot less funny if it was more. Yeah, it'd be a different. It would be a different tone. Yeah.
1: Well, did we do it?
0: I don't know. I was gonna say something else, and no, I don't remember what it was. Oh, <laughs> uh, that they like went to the doctor at some point after Merle Shroop is dead. I think and like her neck was broken and he was like this has never happened to any other human being and I think he was talking about like her dislocating her neck but people do that that's a thing that can happen really? yeah
1: what happens when you dislocate your neck?
0: Uh, not great things <laughs> I, would, Sometimes, I, I mean, assume it often results in um, being paralyzed but uh, people like me with connective tissue disorders that dislocate fairly easily can also dislocate vertebrae and not you know have not necessarily have the kind of permanent damage that a normal person would have when they dislocate a vertebrae wow
2: oh,
0: because it's just everything's like a little wacky and loose
1: right weird cool
0: Yeah. I mean not cool for the no I mean it so. is kind of weird and cool I think it's weird and cool
1: <laughs> I mean bodies are just like so crazy <laughs> they're I know. so crazy
0: yeah I mean, and that's I yeah no never mind I have ideas about like a horror movie that I want to make about weird bodies but I don't want to give it away so <laughs> I'll leave it there all right did we do it the whole thing yeah so have you watched anything recently that you really enjoyed they really liked yeah
1: Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm mostly just rewatching Rick and Morty. Okay. Oh, do you know what? I'm also rewatching Community right now. Yeah. And have we talked about this yet? I don't think so. Oh, so my roommates never seen it. So we're rewatching it, and it's interesting. It's interesting because of the stuff that has come out about Dan Harmon mm-hmm. um, in the last few months. Um, and like, there's a, there's a storyline where like a, you know, mid thirties man is like playing with the, having a relationship with a 19 year old and it's played off to be like cute sometimes. Like it definitely should be creepier than it is on the show. Yeah, and I don't remember ever thinking that before. Um, and also Pierce is just like a horrible, disgusting person, and I don't understand why they hang out with him. <laughs> That's because um, it's like chase? not yeah, Chevy Chase.
0: Oh, okay. I was thinking the other guy, but yeah, also him.
1: Um, it's Chevy Chase, and right. I don't know. Like, there's a lot. Like, I also think it has like a huge heart. And there's a lot of stuff in it that I really like. But it's funny to have your point of view change and then watch something again.
0: Well, that's what this whole show is about. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm but it's even, it's even possible to happen with stuff that's not 20 years old.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Of course. I think especially with what's happened in the past year, year and a half, like, my lens is completely changed everything is different to me like and not just the sexual harassment stuff but just like what a time to be alive
1: (laughs) what have you seen anything lately that you've really liked
0: um what we talked about high maintenance i love that show i think it's oh quite possibly the best show on tv i I don't think we talked about it on the podcast though
1: yeah we talked about it on a different podcasts but also you might not have been there i I was not there it's been me and joey (laughs) um right and mike hadn't seen it yeah we're telling him truly excellent no i agree with you it's yeah and it's a show that i find that i have to have a lot of patience with, because sometimes you'll be watching an episode and you're like, "Where is this going?" It's always <laughs> but going that's somewhere. That's the whole point. It's, yeah, it's not always where you thought. But yeah, I also think that show has like the biggest heart.
0: Yeah, uh, there was a recent episode where the dude takes shrooms and just has like a day out on the town by himself, and it's amazing. It's just amazing. I, really, I did not see that one yet. Oh, it's behind on wonderful. This it's really, oh, do yourself a favor, like, get some snacks, get cozy, and just, like, watch them all. Uh, it's tremendous.
1: And way to, like, show different kinds of people.
0: Oh, I mean, that's one of my favorite things about it is that, like, that's the New York that... I know you know like the New York of Friends or the New York of like so many movies and TV shows are not like do not at all reflect the diversity and like rich cultural tapestry that is New York City and that show just absolutely nails it it's so beautiful and just so intimate in a way that also you never get to see like the inner lives of people Um, just beautiful beautiful work Um, yeah I agree on the other hand though I've been rewatching Lost ugh I don't know why I just it like it felt like it was time like the universe was pointing me towards rewatching Lost so and I've been like not feeling well for the last couple weeks after traveling so I'm like I'm gonna be stuck on the couch for a while I might as well you know
1: yeah that's, it's, I mean, that's also when I watched Lost, was when I was like, well, I'm not going anywhere for a week.
0: Yeah. It's been interesting. I mean, it, it is interesting, because um, it's the first time that I'm watching it as it aired, because I think I started watching it in, like, season three and then had to go back. So it's the first um, time that I'm watching it, like... I I hesitate to to use the word linear way because it's not a linear show, but, um. Well, linear as they showed it. Yeah, so that's been interesting, um, but it's also been interesting to have, like, a completely different relationship to the characters, like, being, now that I am, like, a grown-ass woman, (laughs) um, like yeah. the people that I liked before, I'm like you're terrible. Why would I ever like you? And they're all terrible, though. They're not all terrible. Some of them are pretty good. I mean, obviously the dog Vincent is by far the best character, and he did not get enough <laughs> okay, screen fine. time. Um, so <laughs> that's a mistake. But um, th- things like um, the character of Sun, like her whole storyline is just heart wrenching, yeah. and I don't think that I like. Yeah had, like, the experience and, like, the the emotional capacity to, like, understand not just her storyline and, like, how sad that is, but really, like, most of their storylines and, like, th- these are all, like, extremely broken people who have been, who have yeah. a- experienced, like, I- incredible amounts of trauma before they even... You know, crash landed on a... Got stuck on an island? Island, yeah. So it's been been interesting to rewatch it. I don't know if I'll wind up finishing it, but... It's something to do while I'm stuck on the couch. I couldn't do it. I got
1: to, like, the third season and I was like,
0: I don't care about any of it. I couldn't care about it anymore. Yeah. Well, because it's also completely ridiculous. And it's like... And especially knowing, like, kind of how it ends and, like... That they don't really answer all of the questions, <laughs> you know, like because when yeah. it was on, it, there was like kind of this promise that, like, but don't worry, someday it's all yeah, gonna make sense. It's going and somewhere it, like, didn't yeah. at all. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. Did we do it? Yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that does it for our very special wistful thinking dump episode. Uh, Carrie, you got anything to plug?
0: Um, Do I have anything to plug? Uh, you can go listen to my other podcast, In Sickness and In Health, which I am supposedly making again, even though I have not worked on it in a while. Uh, find it wherever you get your podcasts or at insicknesspod.com. Um, other than that, I have some things in the works, but nothing to talk about yet. How about you? All right. I got nothing to plug.
1: I don't do anything else. Uh, (laughs) So, yay! Uh, Thanks for listening. See you soon. Talk to you soon. How do you end this?
0: Bye! Bye!
2: They all said life's just a bowl of cherry